Welcome back, listeners, to the Kyber Pass podcast. I'm your host, Paul Metzger. This week, we have Bill Brovold, guitarist, composer, educator. making his way to our stage first out of northern Minnesota wending his way to the Pacific Northwest Onward from there to points east, New York City, Detroit, upstate New York, and on and on. Passing through the exuberant improvisational times of New York City during the downtown music scene. He performed for us in trio setting. on guitar and vocal Cole Police on saxophone Adam Zaylor electric guitar and recorder Before the show, we sat down and had some small chat. As always, this podcast is brought to you by the Kuiper Pass Cafe in St. Paul, Minnesota, voted the number one Middle Eastern restaurant for 2019. As always, I have a small selection from the evening's concert to present, followed immediately 
by conversation between myself and Bill. I welcome you in. And now, present Bill Provold.
Okay, well, I'll just say, first off, uh, Bill, that's easy, Brovold. Brovold. Brovold? Yeah. That's easy, too. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for coming and playing at the Kyber Pass and willing to sit down and talk a little bit in the podcast where we like to focus on improvisers what makes a cat roll that way you know mm-hmm. that kind of thing it's a big question but mm-hmm. <clears throat> I like to start off maybe with some like historical for you before you were a player you know when you're just a kid or whatever when did you start playing and what were you doing right before then well, I, I, I mainly grew up in Washington State after living in, you know, living around here. Actually, in Minnesota, we, my family lived mm-hmm. um, for a while. Uh, a little, little chilly up, up north on the, yeah. on the border. <laughs> um, and what did I do? I was outside all the time. Yeah. And I, I always loved sounds. Mm. I loved the sounds of you know happening in the woods i love the sounds of things falling i love the sounds of machinery Mm -hmm. and i think that informed my music my i built a a log and bucket drum set when i was probably 10 or 12 all right in there yeah uh, you know it was uh it was a it was a wild sounding thing and i yeah but then you're it you're in that though with uh you know the big logging, buzz saws, right. felling trees, and yep. I mean that's intense. I did a lot of that. that. Way. Yeah, I love the sound of chainsaws. I yeah. even before the plasmatics, I was mm-hmm. doing things with two chainsaws at a time because they would get out of phase with each other if you had the same exact model of chainsaw. Yeah, and you run them, and they were never quite perfectly the same. I just love that sound. Yeah, yeah. I can sit there and just listen. I love working with steel grinders. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been kicked out of a couple clubs when mm-hmm. I pulled my steel grinder out and started grinding on some steel. Yeah. <laughs> sparking up the audience. <laughs> some, somehow people find that sound abrasive. Yeah. Maybe it's because you're actually abrading something. Exactly. Well, I, I, got, I didn't get in any trouble from the audience. I got in trouble from the owner of the club for getting sparks too close to his grand piano oh, and I then see. you know i didn't yeah. really thought i was gonna cut myself or cut something or hurt someone or something yeah um so but, you're a young cat you're mo- you're coming into that kind of scene with making your own kind of home hobble yeah. drum stuff and right. then where do you end up where, how do you continue to kind of follow that well uh, I, I could jump up to now. Okay. I mean, just to give you an idea of tying that part of my life into now, right. I build instruments with children, All little right. kids in schools in Brooklyn. All right. And um, I built, um, um, rebuilt around 100 music instruments for the museum, Mass Mocha Museum, okay. Museum of Contemporary Art in Massachusetts, of uh, Gunnar Schoenbeck, who was an instrument builder. Okay. Out of found objects and garbage and discarded things, 
Wow. So it's sort of become a thing I do. You know? Yeah, it's, it's that's good. a beautiful thing. Yeah. I, lo I love that. Yeah, and, uh, makes me very happy to be making something like that. Yeah, I mean, especially out of found stuff. Yeah, I uh, I just built two guitars out of found object garbage, castaway things for. Mm -hmm. uh, a company in New York called Bash the Trash, mm -hmm. and they do concerts and work with kids on building instruments and, yeah. and recycling and that. Mm -hmm. And they saw one of my guitars and said, "We want two of those." It's <laughs> 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 like, sure, you got it. And I've right on. One of them's a piece from a piece of driftwood I found at Coney Island, mm -hmm. and a neck from a broken guitar. All right, and. Uh, you know, like the bridge is a piece, just a piece of threaded rod, mm -hmm. a piece of angle yeah. iron with holes drilled in it for the strings, and it's all, it all plays, works wonderful. I got a uh, nice humbucker pickup from mm -hmm. someone working on their guitar, uh, mm -hmm. putting a good pickup on it and throwing the old one out. And Let me ask you this, have you ever gotten into the, like, winding your own? I helped a guy wind. Okay. He's got a friend of mine, uh, Steve Flicker, is a guitar maker. Mm -hmm. And I walked in, and he had the like almost looked like a fishing reel machine where you wind. That's the one I have. Yeah, you because they have uh, they have electric ones that have a built-in counter, and they right. really go fast. But mm -hmm. it's that geared one. Yeah, it's got a geared hand wind. That's, so that's we, I did guy. one a four pickup, mm -hmm. uh, a four post mm -hmm. pickup for uh, an electric mandolin. It turned out. Turned out great. Mm -hmm. I had I had good supervision. It's amazing yeah. that that works, even though, like, if you understand the log, the the, the reason for it and how it's right. working and something passing through this magnetic field, but I still don't believe it. Right. <laughs> right. Like, it's like yeah. an airplane. I don't really believe, believe they can Exactly. Yeah. They shouldn't be up there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I took a lot of physics. I, you know, I understand yeah. how that is mm -hmm. up, and but then if I'm in it, I think, nah, it can't work. It's yeah. too fucking heavy. Yeah. That, it's it, crazy. It really defies all my mm -hmm. believability, so um, substances get me on an airplane. Yeah. You know, because I'm yeah. up there going, okay, I got to not, I got to put my, <laughs> my head in a place where I'm. I'm happy to believe something that I don't believe in. Yeah, to step <laughs> like off. Like I can fly. Yeah, take the leap of, of faith, you know, like yeah. you need a nudge once in a while. Yeah, well, I, so yeah, I build, I build a lot of stuff yeah. for kids. And I love the magic of that, of showing children. We, I built electric motors with them, you know, out of a battery, a magnet, and some copper wire. Come on. And the kids looked at it and they couldn't believe that this thing was a spinning motor all of a sudden. Yeah. And it was one short class and we had it all built. Oh man, that's uh, so heartwarming to me. Yes, and I little, love that. The little kids, they really. What kind of little? Like. Um, I teach, I teach, uh, I teach a, a class that I put together called Sound Club. Mm-hmm. And I teach that in a few places for. Primarily third, fourth, and fifth graders. They're my okay. favorite yeah. age. Yeah. You know, the, when they get to a little bit older, too many other things start taking place of their desire to learn a lot of the children. Yeah. And that's more of a challenge. And it's also just, it's also almost more rewarding when you have success. But the little kids are just, it's like, it's like you know, 
it's like a birthday or some celebration oh. every single day when they learn something new and yeah you see a, a, a little kid with a power tool <laughs> that would never get to touch one at home yeah and very yeah. safe and there's no yeah. danger no one's right. ever been hurt yeah but they realize they can drill a hole through something yeah and make it and then they put a screw through that and put a string on that oh and come on they've made an instrument yeah and uh there's something amazing about it with kids, you know, mm -hmm. and I've only done some small amount of what you're talking about. Uh, when they can touch something, right? it's a whole different cup of tea. Like most of the time kids are, and people are meant to kind of kick back. Right. But when they can physically engage right. with the thing, that something else happens that's amazing they realize how much power they have mm -hmm. over their surroundings when they can take something and create something else out of it yeah it's really the the steps people need and i don't think enough kids get that mm -hmm. um i mean I'm, i think computers are great but i think you know we were the, the reason we made the motors is the kids were working on a on robots was yeah. their class but they were programming robots on a computer yeah. and had no idea how the robots moved. Right. So I said robots move with like hydraulics and motors. Yeah. And I showed them some hydraulic things I had, little mm -hmm. servos. Yeah. And then um, we made the motor ourselves. Beautiful. So they Beautiful. were like on a whole nother level. They understood the mechanics of the thing the computer was now telling what to do. Yeah. Yeah. Things can like there's so much passive learning which yeah. is i mean that's that's what i grew up with right but like what you're talking about really being like in it and you know wrapping a wire and right that's a different thing that's really crazy cool it's very fun yeah and it's it's really rewarding to work with young people i mm -hmm. mean i work with high school kids and Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've I've worked with some pretty rough and tumble high school kids, you know, in Brooklyn, Queens, and the South Bronx, and mm -hmm. I always have a great time with them. Mm -hmm. you know, as soon as they're busy doing something, and uh, you know, I'm I really like what they do, and I like them. I like yeah. I like whatever, even if they're not necessarily what socially would be nice. I like that about them because that's what they are. Hell yeah, that's they, called a real cat. Yeah, you know, and they get them in here and, you know, <laughs> make, you know, do something, do whatever you can do to make them feel good and be nice. Yeah. And pretty soon you have a lot of fun, so. Yeah. So that's, that's what I do. And, and so you've that, been chasing that down since. I've been making things. You're a kid out in Washington State right. until right now. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, and I've, I started making, really, I'd, I started playing in in groups I played music and I played guitar but I was uh, really nervous about being in front of people mm -hmm. and finally um, Reese Chatham mm -hmm. the composer mm -hmm. came into my studio I'm, I, I, I'm a painter mm -hmm. as well mm -hmm. and uh, he saw a bunch of my guitars and next thing I was doing going to be doing visual arts for him mm -hmm. And next thing I know, I was guitar player with him. Damn. So. And so that was a tough 
kind of first steps because you're performing in front of folks and that it was a bit it was very challenging but mm -hmm. uh um yeah I, I can remember our first show yeah yeah at, at tin pan alley in new york city and how did uh, I was well, I mean, by then I, 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 I learned the parts. I learned yeah. everything, and mm -hmm. I was playing with this woman named Susan Springfield on guitar. Mm -hmm. Someone else, and she was very fun to work with. You know, mm -hmm. she was really positive, and she knew how to play really well. And, mm -hmm. and the drummer Wharton Tears was there, and uh, Reese. Wow. And it was really easy to do it, and it was a lot of fun. And I was like, "Wow, this is okay." Yeah. And they fed me and gave me free beer. <laughs> I like this gig. <laughs> <laughs> so now I just really I like traveling and playing, and mm -hmm. I have my little white van I put around in, and it was just playing in Lincoln with Jay, who's out mm -hmm. there, and mm -hmm. Jay and I toured Mexico. Oh wow! Early in the spring. In uh -huh. the spring. How was it? It's fantastic. Yeah. It was really a great time. Every show was fantastic, and we did a workshop with young people at, at a museum there, a museum oh. of antique toys. Oh, come on. Yeah, I was pretty much in heaven when I walked yeah. into that place. That would be hard to leave. <laughs> yeah, it was. I, yeah. I went back to it a couple times when I was in, I went back to do a show in Mexico City, and I was like immediately, boom, back to that museum. Yeah, and probably, like, I, you know, instantly, like, fantasizing. Like, you're there, you're doing a thing, you probably get to go, like, in the workroom. Like, you know, backstage, as it were. In that museum? Maybe. We were the workroom. Oh, okay. So it happened in the workroom? No. That the or... The workroom became where we were working. Oh, okay. This Solid. was a museum of all these found objects and yeah. cool things. And mm -hmm. we built, me and Jay and um, a former Minnesotan, Brian Day, mm -hmm. uh, we built music instruments from things that were in the museum. That's so great. Yeah. yeah. Solid. It was really wonderful. And the kids, the young people, all brought something of their own mm -hmm. to make into an instrument. And, oh, uh, man, that's great. It was, a, it was a blast. And Jay's here tonight. Jay's going to play with us. Yeah, right on. So how does that inform, like, let's say you're performing tonight. Mm -hmm. What instrument would you play? And what? how does that, like... That the side you're talking, we've been talking about. Right. How does that move into the performative side of your expression? Tonight, I'm playing compositions. Mm -hmm. Oddly enough, one of the young men who is playing with me, I knew him in Detroit when he was in junior high school and high school. He was good friends with my two sons who's right in between them in age oh solid so that's really fun that's gotta be crazy for you you know yeah. really wonderful and he's so good yeah um and his friend Cole so um yeah we'll, we'll have a great time um Adam Adam Zaylor mm -hmm. and, and Cole and Cole Police yeah and uh, they're you know <laughs> so we're playing compositions yeah and we learned but some of them are like real cartoon-based okay. things, you know, a little, goof, little goofy, mm -hmm. and some are a little, not so much, some cowboy-based uh -huh. cowboy stuff. Like country-western? Well, cowboy music, which is, country-western kind of came out of cowboy music. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so what would be a cowboy tune? Um, I'm a leaf in Cheyenne. Uh, old paint, yeah. Mm -hmm. And a uh, very famous cowboy musician was originally from Minnesota, Norwegian. Minnesota Norwegian um, Glenn Orlin. Okay. One of the great, great cowboy singers. And Hank Williams was kind of coming off of cowboy music, you know, coming out of that cowboy music vibe. Sure. It's yeah. more folky than country western. Um, but uh, yeah. And sometimes it's, uh, can get a little on the dark side, you know, a little creepy and. Yeah, the Leuven brothers have some stuff that's just not right. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. He's going along with the sweetheart, and then, man, he just picks up the stick and has to do her in. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. crazy. Bill yeah. Gunnis. Yeah. You know? Um, uh, boy, um, i got to think about that. Um, better be careful, you love-hungry lad. You better not answer that lonely heart's ad. You might meet your true love. You might meet your match. You might get planted in Bell's tater patch. Oh hell <laughs> she no! Was, she was a mass murderer, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah. she would have put out these lonely hearts ads, and every guy wow. who answered them, there were all these men disappearing, and they mm -hmm. finally found them in her tater patch. <laughs> now is that a real thing? It's a real thing. Bell Gunnis lived in Indiana. Damn. Yeah. Now, did you come up through a phase of playing that kind of music, that oh, sort yeah. of repertoire? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I've always loved it, and mm -hmm. I've always listened to it, and I've worked with the Cowboys a bit out mm -hmm. west. Mm -hmm. And, uh, was, uh, yeah, so it's really, it's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, and... So who are you digging, like Hank Williams? I like Hank Williams. Um, I like the Cowboy Poets, mm -hmm. Waddy Mitchell, Baxter Black, and people like that. Um, mm -hmm. And, um... Yeah, I mean, there's so many. Glenn Orlin is my one of my favorite singers in the world, mm -hmm. and you know, I, I do like a lot of the co older country music, like Webb Pierce and that. Uh, that Webb Pierce era or Conway Twitty, I thought mm -hmm. was great. Um, George Jones, of course. George Jones is insane. George No Show Mr. Jones. Mr. Fool, what the hell is that? It's so that singing. Yeah. That is like. Well, We're so masterful. Yeah, it's like any art form, you know. It's there can be people anywhere that are so good at it. You know, he's from the East Texas Piney Woods. Yeah, he he blew my mind when I heard that tune. Yeah, I went and saw one of his last performances at the Dutchess County Fair up in Rhinebeck, New York. God damn. And uh, he was in his early 80s, and uh, mm -hmm. I was with a friend of mine who said. Okay, you just it completely put out a whole new side to yourself when I saw you sing and knew the words to every single George Jones God song. Damn, I thought you is, were man. like an avant-garde, homemade instrument jazz musician. Yeah. And I was like, well, you know, the secret's out. Yeah, that's a beautiful secret. Yeah. So, but I, I, I do, I like, I would say almost, sometimes I think I like too much music or I can't, mm -hmm. I can't decide yeah. of styles. So, I, I mean... Mm -hmm. My playlist has got Frank Sinatra, um, the the Bulgarian women singers, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, so on and so forth. George and yeah, who, whomever. But it might what, be. what's the what? Do you have like the one thing that you just can't abide? 
You know what I mean? Like, I just don't even want to ever hear it. Like, barbershop quartet doesn't work for me. You know what I mean? Do you have, like, whole genres that... Um, do you have any genres You're missing like? the chromosome for? <laughs> I did see a barbershop quartet once. That just blew my mind, so I can't say I don't like the barbershop quartets. <laughs> yeah, um, that's my own pathology. There's so. a whole... There's a whole... <laughs> slice of pop music that I can tell is not written by it's not written or composed or performed by anyone who gives a damn about the music hmm. it's just it's just production you mm-hmm. know it's just a, a thing they do to make money and mm-hmm. that's been throughout the years and where it's a product and there are like yeah. five composer credits because there's a guy they, they in a suit telling the composers how to do it and how to change it to fit some criteria that yeah, his bean counting boss told him to yeah. do it. You can just hear that, and it's like, why waste our ear time? You There's know? something that I like about that because I admire the craftsmanship. Craftsmanship, like, songwriting can be great. Yeah. I mean, it can be wonderful. But I'm talking about the stuff that's really made by people who don't give a damn about what they're making. They just want to make some money on it. Yeah, yeah. And I can I can sort of sniff that out. Yeah. And I don't mind people making a lot of money on their music if it's good. Yeah. I made 10 bucks off a record once. Royalties. Right on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I'm going to party down. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, it sounds like they might be getting ready. They are. So if we were to do a pause here, or we could also call it the ending, we'll do it that way. Um, All right. I'm at your disposal. All right. Let's Happy see how it rolls here. then. So right. we'll just say so long, just in case, but I'm looking forward to hear you play. Oh, wonderful. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, man. All right. Bill Provold. at the Khyber Pass. Very thankfully took the time to share with us all a bit of his story. His development and background through what the future holds. Influences of sounds in the background that for some become foreground. influencing and changing the course of the stream. I'd like to thank Bill as well as the Kyber Pass Cafe. And now we have attained terminus.
until next week. I'm your host, Paul Metzger, saying so long.